When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Breaking news, Kirk Cousins has gotten a two-year contract extension in Minnesota. There had been a lot of speculation as he goes into his last year. Look at your face. I was about to ask you if you're surprised. Gee, my reaction is the, the playoff win against the uh, Saints was a big deal to Minnesota, and they think they can win with Kirk Cousins. They've invested once again. Kirk Cousins is the smoothest cat in the NFL while we're talking about all these other dudes getting money, by the way. You may even be better off. With a quarterback who's good enough to get the job done and is not going to cost you a hundred plus million in a guarantee, he's only going to be sixty million in a guarantee. Who's good enough to get the job done? Other than the guy who makes you believe there's more upside. Because in the end, are, are, are Carson Wentz and Jared Goff is the production? In fact, especially in when you need it most, is it different than Tannehill or Garoppolo or Kirk Cousins? Because, because some of these guys are getting a hundred million and some of these guys are getting sixty. Welcome in. This is the Score North Vikings free agency special on the first day of, well, the first official tampering day was probably sometime during the NFL Combine or maybe even earlier, but this is the first day that you can tamper and talk with NFL free agents. I'm Phil Mackey, Judd Zolgat. I believe we have Matthew Collar down the hallway in Studio B. Hello, Matthew. Hello. I'm locked in this small room. You How are, are you, fellas? Quarantine. Quarantine. yes. Well, we're going to start the show. We have all kinds of cousin stuff to get to with his two-year extension. Stefan Diggs keeps sending out cryptic, amazing tweets, but we have breaking news to start the show here from our guy Darren Doogie Wolfson, 5 Witness News. He says, sounds like Stephen Weatherly is close to a deal with the Carolina Panthers. Uh, Vikings about to lose a good player. So um, what do you guys make of Steven Weatherly? He's only, what is he? This is his, this is his first big boy contract, right? He's like 25 years old. Correct. So uh, an underrated piece to that Vikings defense, potentially out the door and uh, over to Carolina. Yeah. He was really effective as a rotational pass rusher the last two years. And if you remember when Everson Griffin was gone, dealing with a mental health issue for five games in 2018, Steven Weatherly did a really good job stepping in and playing the full-time defensive end spot, and I think he was considered a real victory for uh, Andre Patterson, the defensive line coach and now co-defensive coordinator, and Mike Zimmer is a guy that they put on the practice squad as a seventh-round pick in 2016 and then developed into a player who would be wanted by other teams, and this is... Part of what happens when you put yourself in salary cap jail, everyone talks about, well, how are you going to keep this guy or that guy? And there's a lot of turnover now. But it's also the players who are not the stars, who are just good, solid players that sometimes you end up losing because you're paying such huge contracts to other guys, including Kirk Cousins. What is your best guess, uh, Collar, on the news that came down today, this morning, I think it was shortly after the Cousins contract was uh, leaked or got out there, Anthony Harris having the franchise tag put on him. This seems to me, just positional value-wise, to be a very large expenditure on uh, not one but two safeties. Do you think that this is the plan and that they're going to tag him and just allow him to play the 2020 season under that tag? Or do you think there's some type of move or contract extension here that's going to get his cap hit if he does stay here for 2020 lowered? I see a very low chance that he plays on his uh, franchise tag uh, salary right now. I mean, for one, if you're Anthony Harris, you want to get a big long-term contract extension. Now, holdouts just became a lot harder because of the CBA, but you're probably working with the Vikings to either get traded somewhere where you can sign that extension or sign it with the Vikings. If you look at 
last year uh, when they signed Anthony Barr, I think we were having a lot of these same conversations about how uh, they really don't have any cap space to sign Anthony Barr. How is this happening? But out of a $67 million deal, Barr's cap hit in his first year was only $5.6 million. So if the Vikings wanted to kick some things down the road here, they can really do it, especially with the expectation that a 17-game season is coming. And that's like when you look at Cousins' extension and he's got a $45 million cap hit in year three, you want to climb to a tall building and jump off. But if the salary cap is $300 million instead of $200 million, it really changes the formula with a lot of things. So they could sign Anthony Harris to a deal that has a ridiculous cap hit for year three, but that will probably be all right because you'll be pretty well under the salary cap when the NFL gets that huge boost of cash. But my question is this, is this the best way to spend your cash? And it's not that... Harris is a really nice player. I like him a lot. But when we're talking about how you value players, Dalvin Cook, Harris, and the positions that they play, is this the smart and prudent move? And I get the fact that you can kick the salary cap can down the road, and this team has done that before and done a pretty good job. But it's not really the player that I'm fixated on. It's more so the positions at which they seem to show a loyalty at times, where I keep coming back and saying, is this really the prudent move? Uh, I'm going to say yes, and I'll tell you why. Because they don't really have any cornerbacks right now, and if you just saw what Byron Jones is signing with the Miami Dolphins for, $17 million a year, um, they can't afford any of the top cornerbacks on the market. So they're going to have to wait no matter what for corners um, to kind of lower the price or you get to that second and third wave, and maybe you can find guys that are solid starters or underrated for some reason. But you're going to have to have great safety play. I don't think it could just be okay if you want to be a good pass defense. I think it's going to have to be equal for what it was last year, and Eric Hendricks is going to continue to have to be great, and Anthony Barr is probably going to have to be better, and they're going to have to find a solid nickel corner as well because you just can't say for sure that your outside corner play will be really, really good. So if they were able to sign Harris to a deal that, let's say, had $6 million cap hit in the first year, and then Harrison Smith continues to carry his 10.7 or whatever it is, if you're spending under $20 million on safety when those are going to be your key pieces for slowing down opponents' passing games, I, I think that is worth it. If you're going to pay him $11 million, probably not, but Harris is an exceptional player. We talked about all the time, oh, anybody can play next to Harrison Smith. Right, but when Andrew Sandejo did, he was good. When Harris did, he was great. I mean, Pro Football Focus has him at the top of the entire NFL, and he leads the NFL in interceptions. You need to continue to get that performance when your cornerbacks on the outside are going to be a little shaky next year. So, all right, let's move Let's move into the Kirk Cousins part of this discussion because, I mean, the, the, the elephant in the room theme with everything we talk about with Vikings free agency is cap space and how they put themselves in a disaster situation with cap space. And, and I think when it comes to NFL, NBA, and NHL, you have to be if your if your goal is to win a championship. And by God, the Vikings have been playing football since the early 1960s. I have been personally watching the Vikings since the late 1980s, early 90s. It's time to win a Super Bowl. That should be their only goal, and I think that should be their goal. And and even in in some cases, maybe they should push chips into that goal if it means maybe suffering a disastrous three and thirteen season setback either strategically or inadvertently I don't think they should worry about the downside of what could happen if you draft a rookie quarterback or trade up or whatever but my point here is you have to be careful allocating large percentages of your salary cap to players that don't move the needle for your franchise the Timberwolves did it with Andrew Wiggins I'm not comparing Kirk Cousins to Andrew Wiggins Wiggins was actively shipwrecking your team Kirk Cousins is not at that point although he is sometimes late in games I guess my question to you guys is, convince me, or can you convince me, that Kirk Cousins making a ridiculously high percentage of the Vikings' salary cap relative to the rest of the league, that they can still build a Super Bowl-winning team around him? And I just think you have to get, you have to be so precisely perfect in the draft, and you have to have so much good luck with timing, building a defense. I just don't know if I see a path to a Vikings Super Bowl win if Kirk Cousins, who's not a train wreck, he's a stable, good quarterback. He is not a train wreck, and he took steps forward in a lot of ways in 2019. I just don't know if you can win a Super Bowl 
unless you are perfect in every other area of roster building if he's making that much money, Matthew. Yeah, the question that I would ask is, do you think it can be better than this? Because the best version of Kirk Cousins so far in five years in the NFL as a starting quarterback with excellent circumstances. I mean, Washington is a generally bad franchise, but when he stepped in as a starter, they had Sean McVay calling the plays. They had Trent Williams in his prime. Deshaun Jackson still balling. You had Pierre Garçon. You had two good tight ends. I mean, they were an excellent, excellent offense when he stepped in, and he got them only so far. He comes here, and yes, the left guard has not been very good either year as a starter, but you're still talking about two of the best receivers in the league last year, two tight ends, Gary Kubiak with this long history of success, and the peak is 10 wins and one playoff win. And now you're going to tell me that even though you have to rebuild the entire defense almost, and we don't know what Stephon Diggs' deal is at this moment, you're going to tell me that it's going to be better than this. Because if 10 wins and one playoff win is your ceiling, that's not what you set out to do when you signed him in 2018. You set out to return to the NFC Championship or to reach the Super Bowl to get farther than you could get with Case Keenum. And it just makes me wonder if there's a cap on what Kirk Cousins can do. And like you said, that does not mean he's a bad quarterback by any means. It does mean, though, when you get into a playoffs and you're trying to win four games, can that really happen? Four games when we always question, can you beat good teams? Can you win in prime time? Like Those are still questions that exist, even though he had two great throws in one playoff game in overtime, and he deserves all the credit for those. I was there. It was unreal. The atmosphere. I mean, he didn't show any nerves in that overtime, and I think a lot of quarterbacks would have. But the bigger sample size is him struggling to beat good teams, and they went out to San Francisco and got in a slugfest and came out with a loss because their quarterback, in part, did not play very well. So you you would have to somehow convince me that it's ever going to be better than it was last year, and that's a hard sell. So two years two years of, of us watching this guy play uh, QB every Sunday. To me, what we've seen is this. Statistically, a good quarterback. Statistically, he puts up a really nice box score. And at the end of the year, the cumulative stats, when you go online and look at them for Kirk Cousins, are pretty damn good. But when you watch him on a weekly basis, and I would say, Collar, on one hand, in two years now, I can count wins that Kirk Cousins accounted for, and I was really impressed. Philadelphia, year one for sure, right? Yes. Green Bay, probably U.S. Bank Stadium, year one. Impressive. Uh, Dallas, you know what? I know Dalvin Cook had the huge game, and I know Dallas was uh, coached poorly, and uh, Jason Garrett did a terrible job, but that was a nice win. The Saints game, impressive. That's four games right there. I could probably find one more. But that's the amount of impressive wins that I can say if you watch Cousins play on a weekly basis I've seen in two years. So if the question if the question is, can Kirk Cousins get you to the playoffs and make you a very respectable team or play a role in that, my answer is absolutely. If the question is, can he get you to the playoffs and then you make a magical run, my answer is absolutely not. That And, Collar, to your point, that doesn't make him a bad player, but if you are looking, if you're looking for the next quarterback who you think might have a real chance to win the Vikings their first Super Bowl since they came into this league in 1961, I don't think there is a chance on God's green earth that I can sit here and say Kirk Cousins can do that. And and that's why I keep wondering who is the next guy that this team is going to sign or more likely and probably prudently draft. And more importantly than the question is, than that question is this one. Who is going to be in charge of drafting him and developing him? Because right now... I don't think it's the current GM, and I don't think it's the current coach. Doesn't make them bad at what they do either. I just don't think that they're the two to do it. Well, the the question I have is, which direction do they go from here? I mean, do they look at this roster and say, yeah, I know we have all these holes on defense, but Mike, you're going to have to figure it out because we're going to get Kirk Cousins the best darn left tackle with the 25th overall pick that money can buy, and we are going to sign a number 3 wide receiver who can actually do something and not Michael Floyd and Jordan Taylor and Tavares King and who was the other guy? Kendall Wright. Those are the guys that they've signed to be the number 3 receiver that have gone down in flames over the last few years. Are you going to get a real one for Cousins? Are you going to keep Delvin Cook for him? Are you going to load 
load up and say, you know what, if we go down, we're going down with this guy having every player around him, and it's going to be his fault, not ours. Or are they going to say, let's spend all of our assets to rebuild the defense? Because the scenario that I could see where they reach the Super Bowl is that they go into the playoffs and you win a game or two because Kirk is very good, like he was against the New Orleans Saints, and you win another game or two because your defense is absolutely dominant and you win 20-17 to 17 or 13-7 to 7 or something. I think with him, in order to get there, you probably have to have one of the very best, not just good, but one of the very, very best defenses in the entire NFL. And this is where it gets hard to do because already right now you have about what seven million dollars in cap space all said and done at this moment and it costs seven million dollars to sign their rookie class so basically they have zero cap space as we speak at this moment so how are you filling cornerback spots edge rusher defensive tackle 2020 just doesn't seem realistic to have a team that could potentially go to the super bowl but if you set out to get a bunch of defensive talent with Zimmer and set your sights on 2021, potentially, you might have a chance to rebuild it pretty quick because Zimmer came in here with the worst defense in the league and two years later was top five in 2015 or or right in that ballpark. So, you know, I'd love to know what their outlook is because I think those are the two paths. Both paths give you a chance, but when you look around, you know what Arizona just did today, and Seattle's got cap space to spend, and San Francisco's not going anywhere. Drew Brees is coming back. Like it, It's not a situation where you would say, oh, yeah, well, they've got Cousins back. They're good to go. I think it would take a lot, and I'm not sure that you can ever put enough on the field at the same time. Yeah, it is. It is really tough. And by the way, you're listening to the Score North Minnesota Vikings free agency special here. You can find... All kinds of stuff from earlier in the day, too, on the Ventline podcast feed. Purple Daily with Matthew Collar, Sage Rosenfels on Mondays and Wednesdays. Mackie and Jeb with Rami. Uh, we are keeping all of you updated as new coronavirus-related news pops up. Uh, but we're mostly here to dive into Vikings free agency and entertain all of you. And we appreciate you listening to us, whether it's on the app or AM1500 or scorenorth.com. And on the Kirk Cousins front, I think if you could... If you could get the best of both worlds and and you weren't worried about Kirk Cousins' feelings or any other circumstances, I think going into the last year of his contract and essentially saying, all right, let's let's ride or die with this thing. You prove it to us, and, and, and we'll see what happens after the third season is over. The problem is you also needed cap space. And so if you can... Restructure his contract to you know to lower his cap hit in 2020. You know the compromise then is you lock in for two more years. I would have been really tempted, Matthew and Judd, to just go into the final year with Kirk Cousins, not be as all in focused on winning a Super Bowl in 2020. Because when I say the focus should be on winning a Super Bowl, I don't necessarily mean for this season. I mean you should be making moves that open up a real Super Bowl window if you think this one is closing for the next three to five years. And to me, call me crazy, I think drafting a quarterback, whether it was trading up in the first round, or if you think Jalen Hurts is a guy that could be developed into something, I'm not saying necessarily a Hall of Fame caliber guy, but somebody who makes maybe 4 or $5 million and is very good and allows you to build out the rest of your roster, that's where I was leaning with all of this. And so when I saw the extension news today, I thought, man, I just think you're locking yourself but- into... Middle of the road. But that means that the GM and coach have to have the security to know that they can draft Hurts. These guys don't right now. Like, they can't make moves that say, the windows on on our experiment with Kirk is closed. It's basically done now. And so I've got time to redevelop my, my defense. I've got time to go draft a quarterback and develop that quarterback. We've got Gary. And in four or five years, again, we're going to attempt for it to uh, pay off. The problem here is the clock is ticking right now. These guys had to create cap space, and ultimately now Zimmer and Spielman are wedded to one guy, Kirk Cousins. And the question is, can he do it? My guess is no, but I think that they are. That it is very clear, Collar, that those two are in bed with Cousins, and there might be a very good chance that a year from now we're doing the same show, and the conversation is Kirk Cousins is still your quarterback, but you have a different GM, possibly, and a different coach. You know, something that I thought of was, let's say that Ziggy and uh, Mark Wilf went to Mike and Spielman, and they said, 
10-year extensions. We're going to give you guys 10-year contract extensions. We believe in this front office more than anyone has ever believed in any front office ever, and the same goes for you, Mike. Uh, now do you guys want to sign Cousins to that extension? No. And and I wonder if the answer would be the same or not, because it is really hard to find a quarterback. I mean, there there are some times where I just think to myself, gosh, we are hammering a quarterback who by PFF ranked sixth and who was, what, top five in quarterback rating and all these other metrics. But then you kind of go back the other way and say, but he costs so darn much. And and that's really the issue. Like, if you had a 10-year contract extension, if you knew that you were fully locked in as a general manager and coach, would you want to pay this much, especially when your head coach wants to run the ball a lot and you threw the third or fourth fewest passes in the entire NFL last year, yet you're paying the most or among the most for the quarterback that you have throwing those passes? So in in a way, it doesn't quite add up. And I also go back sometimes in my mind to 2017 where they had basically the same supporting cast as Cousins had, and Case Keenum ranked ninth by PFF and was top 10 in quarterback rating. I mean, does this sound familiar? He also, I mean, won a handful of games with a slightly better defense against some good teams, and he won a playoff game in dramatic fashion. I mean, you wonder if they were willing to roll the dice, even if they drafted a quarterback and then got a veteran. Like, Could you still be just as competitive but not believe you were really a Super Bowl contender if you had Andy Dalton instead or Case Keenum back here instead with this supporting cast. And when you put it into that context and you can't definitively say, no way, this guy is head and shoulders above, yeah. that that's where I would say it's questionable. And I'm not sure if those guys had 10-year extensions that they would have made this deal. I mean, here's like th- this is the simplest way I can I can sort of sum all of this discussion up, is that, again, th- you got to remember, this is a salary cap league. And so, I mean... I like when I when I talk about money, it has nothing to do with like like the actual money. It's it's this is this is about game theory. This is about all of us get yeah. X amount of dollars to spend on a roster. How do you best strategically put together that roster with the money that you have? And I've got four other quarterbacks here, and there's a bunch we could play this game with that make either around the same amount of money as Kirk Cousins relative to the cap or less. Okay, so Kirk Cousins, Tom Brady. Up until this last year. We'll see what he gets now in the next couple of days. Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers, and Drew Brees. Now say say what you want about this version of Russell, of, uh, of Aaron Rodgers compared to a couple of years ago. But if all five of those franchises are starting their, their team with those five quarterbacks and they all make the same or less money than Kirk Cousins and now, okay, off to the races, go build the rest of your team. To me, the team that has Kirk Cousins... Is at a significant disadvantage compared to every other team because, Absolutely. like, if Russell Wilson and Kirk Cousins make the same amount of money, well, Russell Wilson helps a team win and it, it is Super Bowl credible more than Kirk Cousins is, and so therefore it is harder for the Vikings to build out a roster that can compete with Seattle than it is for Seattle because they start with Russell Wilson. If that makes sense. So, w- with Kirk Cousins in this formula, when he drops in on the 2017 team, you know, basically takes over the 2017 team. You are in a pretty good darn, a pretty darn good spot with Kirk Cousins at that point because you still have all of the star talent. You didn't have to lose anyone. You even had a few bucks left over to keep Sheldon Richardson. Wasn't that great? And uh, even this last year, you lost Richardson, but you still had a great team. You didn't have to get rid of any of your star players. You still brought back all the defensive guys that were on the 2017 team. In fact, the, everyone who started the playoff game in San Francisco on defense was on the team in 2015. The problem is not then, it's more of the future, because now the contracts are, you know, the bill has come for all those contracts, and now you're asking to rebuild something with Kirk Cousins as your quarterback. And you would much rather rebuild it with a cheap quarterback, like Cleveland spent a boatload of money today, and they went and got They paid Case Keenum a bunch to be the backup quarterback, but they also got Austin Hooper, who's a great tight end, and keep your eye on him. Those are the things that now the Vikings can't do because of this contract. Um, You know, so the last two years, you can justify it much easier to drop a really expensive quarterback on a great team that has been fully developed and you just wedge his contract in there. But a team that now has a lot of reworking to do, that's much trickier. Here's my question now, though. Because Spielman 
clearly took care of a bunch of in-house stuff t- today, and none of it really shocks me. The Anthony Harris thing, Harris thing surprised me a little bit, but they took care of the internal stuff. And I look at this and say, okay, I get all, I get what you did, but a lot of this, in my opinion, is trying to uh, potentially run things back from 2019 to 20. And as Collar discussed, there are losses on defense, and there are guys who are departing. And so truly trying to run things back is not even possible. But when you make this commitment to Cousins, I think what it screams is there is a follow-up commitment to be made to the O-line, left tackle, and to give him a chance that that will that will answer Phil's question with, you know what, the protection's so good, he could improve, and we didn't know that. And so my question for both of you guys is this. When Wednesday hits, what's the follow-up surprise move here? What's the left tackle who's going to be traded for? There's There has to be more coming. These are not dumb people. We might criticize them, but they are reasonable people who watch the games more intently than we do, okay? So what's now what's the move? What's move X or Y that's going to correspond to move Z where we're going to say, okay... That makes some sense. Well, I wrote down a bunch of stuff on our website. You want me to read it? Sure. Okay. Let's start with uh, ideas for more cap space is what I posted on scorenorth.com. I mean, Riley Reef is the start of it. Drafting a left tackle. This is a great tackle draft. He could earn them $8.8 million in cap space. Yeah, you're risking your life by putting a rookie tackle out there a little bit, but... Um, Reef is only average and below average in pass protection to begin with, so you also have the potential of someone becoming a great player if you draft them in the first round mm-hmm. you know, down the road uh, during the length of this contract. So I like that for the 25th overall pick, that I think first or second round, they're definitely drafting a tackle, so you could move on from Riley Reef. You could trade for Trent Williams. I mean that that is totally reasonable. Now, I, I can't tell you how much the 17-game season thing could change the thinking of a lot of teams around the league because you can just inflate cap hits down the road knowing you'll have space for them, and they could do that with Trent Williams. You could sign him and then immediately sign him to a a contract extension that has a reasonable cap hit for this year and then a monster cap hit down the road that you'll probably be able to handle. And if you want to get really nuts, you could trade Harrison Smith. You're probably getting a first-round draft pick back or a high second-round draft pick, but probably you would aim for a first-round pick. And I, I know, reckless, reckless speculation. Wow. Wow. But you can't drop wow. that bomb without us being prepared. Wow. But, here's, but here's why it's justifiable, though. Because, yes, he's a great player, but he's also 31 years old. So if you're talking about which direction he's going to go versus how much he makes versus what you could get back for it, you could probably fill another spot for the future, keep Anthony Harris, sign him to a contract extension, be good in that position, draft a first-round cornerback to fill in, and then go forward like that with some cap space to spend. So, you know, I mean, I mean, there are plenty of options, but none of them are ones that you love. You know, they, they all come along with, oh, I don't want to do that, but you know, that's kind of how this has to work with the position they put themselves in. Yeah. All right, let's 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 keep pushing this thing forward here on the reckless speculation. When we come back on this Score North Vikings free agency special, Phil Mackey, Judd Zolgad, Matthew Collar from Purple Daily, which can be heard daily. It's the only five day a week year round Viking show in the Twin Cities. Purple Daily, two to four o'clock, and available on the Score North app as well uh, in podcast form. So two things and more when we get back here. Matthew has an article on scorenorth.com. Looking at some of the affordable free agent targets that the Vikings could key in on here in the next couple of days. Keyword there, affordable, because they don't have a lot, even with the restructure. Just like but, Costco? Well, Costco's empty. So let's say, say like Costco let, a week ago. Let's say last week. Is this Costco? It's Costco last a week? week ago, basically, without the line out the door. And Stefan Diggs tweeting cryptic things and trade rumors circulating around. So we'll cover those things and more when we come back. It's the Score North Vikings free agency special here. And welcome back. Score North NFL Vikings free agency special. Zolgad, Phil Mackey, Matthew Collar. All here until 7 o'clock talking about what's going on in the National Football League, specifically the Vikings in a flurry of activity on day one of legal tampering. in Collar... I want to get your thoughts on this, too. Let's start with the cryptic Stefan Diggs tweets, which I think have crossed now to the threshold of not being cryptic. 
And it's pretty clear that Stefan Diggs, um, we, we've gone from, oh, don't, he's just tweeting for fun. It's to, hilarious because, like, something's we, wrong here. Even he, you know, even he's like, no, 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 like all that stuff you guys thought the last That's few right. months. No, it's pretty much spot on. As Stefan yeah. Diggs said last, last year at some point in time, there's truth in all rumors. <laughs> Collar, your takeaway from something that I think has reached a, a pretty critical point. By the way, working on the Truth in All Rumors album uh, right now as I uh, am quarantined for coronavirus. You, Stevie Nicks? So, yep, exactly. Uh, you know, I got to say, today was a little much for Stefan Diggs. Uh, I generally have tried to advise people that Stefan Diggs on Twitter is just don't read into it because he's been doing this for the entire time he's been a Minnesota Viking. Even when he was thrilled to be here in 2017, I still remember going up to him being like, dude, what do your tweets mean? And he's like, I don't know what you're talking about. (laughs) Okay. Uh, So I've never understood them, even when things were great. Did he ever reply in person with cryptic things? Like when you ask him, what do your tweets mean? He goes, what does it all mean? Only at the podium. Yes. Uh, (laughs) On the side, one-on-one. I can't say that I've gotten to know him really, really well because he's sort of a guy that's guarded. But the conversations I have had over the years with him, I've always thought, gosh, this is one of the smartest and most impressive competitors that I've ever covered. You don't go from being a fifth round pick to a superstar player, which he is in my mind. And I think the numbers and efficiency especially back that up. Um, that he has been one of the best receivers in the NFL. You don't go from a fifth-round pick to that without being a crazy competitor and a highly intelligent football player. And when I talk to teammates on or off the record, I always get back, like, dude, this guy burns hot, and he plays his tail off every Sunday, and I don't care what he what you know what he does on Twitter or whatever else or what his beef might be with the front office or something else like that or the coaching staff but just my understanding and this has been going on for some time is when you go back to 2018 and the head coach after a game against the New York Jets goes crazy about how his offensive coordinator didn't run the ball enough and wants more and more running and last year they throw the ball very few times overall i think third fewest in the entire NFL and if you're a guy who understands where the league is going in terms of being a great passing team usually equates to success, especially in the playoffs, the teams that went were the first and fourth most efficient teams in the NFL, and it usually works that way. If you're Diggs and you understand that, you also understand how good you are, you're probably going to get frustrated, especially when you lose games. And, you know, after it was kind of like we've done the Jimmy Butler was right thing. Well, Stefan Diggs was right. After he sat out practices uh, in sort of, I guess, protest of his frustration after week four, their offense went completely bananas and had a great year throwing mostly to Stefan Diggs. So, you know, I, I don't see any reason that the Vikings have to trade him. And I also think that trying to look into his tweets, trying to read his mind by one response and things, is pretty tough, but I could see where he would be unhappy and want out. Okay, what would it take for you to trade him in terms of, you know, because for me, I think it's two things. If I can get a left tackle that makes me feel really good or a first-round pick that makes me feel really good about a guy that can step in and be great, ideally, at left tackle, um, I would consider it, but I think it would be foolish to trade him for 50 cents on the dollar just because there's some communication things to be worked out. But what would it take for you to say, all right, let's do it, let's make a trade? Well, first of all, I would have to feel like he was going to quit football or not come back because right now he has no leverage. That's been a key to this entire drama over the last, I don't know, whatever, year and a half with him is that he doesn't have a leg to stand on. And if he holds out now, according to the CBA, he's got to pay those fines. And it's not even, it wouldn't even be for a, a, a contract extension. It would just be sitting out to sit out. He would basically have to pull a Carson Palmer and say, I'm never playing again unless you trade me. And I just can't see that happening uh, for a guy that's going to make a lot of money to play football next year. But if they said, okay, dude, we'll trade you, you've done a lot for the franchise, I would be looking for a first-round pick and hopefully a player also, but you know, maybe you look to save some cap space. They would only save $5.5 million on the cap, so it's not like it opens up a huge amount of cap space if they do it before June 1st. It's got to be a first-round pick because then you can take one of the three receivers that's going to be there. 
It, well, let's say you trade it for whatever, the 17th overall pick. Well, either C.D. Lamb or Jerry Judy or Henry Ruggs, those three receivers, one of them is going to be there. Those guys all have superstar potential. So I might do it for them because you're already screwed from the cap and the guy doesn't want to be there. But still, the best-case scenario for Jerry Judy, the best-case scenario for Henry Ruggs is that they are anywhere close to as good as Stephon Diggs is. So that's why the Vikings have told people to buzz off that have been calling them for the last year about digs. And what I found intriguing about uh, today's tweets included the timing. I mean, the country is is in the midst of a pandemic, and he's tweeting about his uh, displeasure with being a Viking, clearly. I thought he crossed a line today, though, that officially signifies, I will be a pain in your ass until you trade me. Mm-hmm. And the Vikings are ordinarily... They they don't really like that. Percy Harvin, you could have held, held on to Percy, and they didn't. Spielman doesn't like that. But I really thought that Diggs doubled down today and essentially threatened them. Yeah, I agree. Um, so he, now that that's the question to me. He had to know that responding to that person saying something's going to happen yes. uh, was going farther than he's ever gone. Because a lot of the tweets, gosh, he could be talking about you know Game of Thrones or something. Or, or, yeah, or a girlfriend or and, something, and there, yes. There have been times where I've known what he was talking about, and you know people are, what does it mean? What does it mean? And it's like, well, I guess you guys haven't checked you know the NFL news because he's responding to that. Mm-hmm. And I've looked at his favorites and stuff like that, and he's always paying attention to what's going on. But today was the first time where... He was snapping back and saying, no, it's not just me saying this to be cryptic and weird. It's me saying this because I really think that something is going to happen. And I go back to the combine where I looked right at uh, Rick Spielman and I asked him, has Stefan Diggs uh, asked you if he wants to be traded? And Spielman said, well, I haven't talked to his agent yet. I'm like, well, that is not a no. So you know, Right, because he told he probably told Rick at the end of the year, I want out. Yeah, and I think that if we're telling the truth, uh, you know, if I'm speculating and being slightly reckless about it. Reckless speculation. I think he did last year. I think he Mm -hmm. did before 2019, and that's why he so quickly got into an extreme level of frustration when they weren't throwing the ball successfully. And last year in camp, there were three or four instances. Now, he always burns hot in camp. And let me tell you, he <laughs> is the most impressive player I've ever seen on the practice field. He destroys people. And he went farther in terms of his outbursts at times and frustration that he showed on the practice field in training camp last year, farther than I've ever seen before with him. So I, I think that it has built up. And I go just back to an offense and a head coach that wants to run the ball all the time. I mean, I I think he has an immense amount of respect for Delvin Cook, but if you believe, rightfully so, that you should be in the category of someone like uh, Hopkins or someone like Julio Jones, if you should be in that ballpark, if you think that, then are you going to want to play for a team where the head coach comes out in San Francisco and says, we got to run the ball more? to the sideline report. It's like, that's got to drive you crazy if you're a wide receiver. And then, you know, you pay a quarterback this much for an offense that wants to run. You know, I I can see where it's all built up, but I do think today would be the first time where I said, okay, I think he's gone too far on social media, and he definitely went too far in week four. I still hesitate to say, this guy's a cancer, this guy's a diva. I I still don't want to go to those places because I think that they're kind of just, just sort of like, lazy to call someone a diva like there's a good reason why he would want to go play somewhere else and that he would be frustrated i think he he's right about what he's upset about so when you just say oh he's just a diva well it's kind of dismissive and also he's not like antonio brown he hasn't been a problem he's not like uh, odell beckham and the guy busts his ass every single game and i think he actually does support his teammates and his teammates love him uh, for the most part so you know, I, I don't know. I, I get a little frustrated with that, but I will say that he went too far today. I mean, there is a website called ProFootballRumors.com. Reckless speculation. That cites some guy named Bob Condotta of the Seattle yeah, Times. not some guy. Beat writer for him. He's the beat writer, he's so legit. he's credible? He's legit. Okay, all due respect to Bob. Bob is credible. And he says interest has emerged on both sides between Seattle and Minnesota. Russell Wilson, baby. A potential digs deal in it. You know, just on the other side of this, Stefan Diggs catches wind of that and thinks, wait a second, 
wait, I could play with Russell Wilson. Um, if you're him and you have no leverage like Kyler's talking about, maybe you do fan the flames a little bit to try and see if you can become a little bit more of a pain in the ass than you actually are to force a trade. So this thing will only continue to have legs uh, for the rest of the week, and we'll keep you posted on the Stefan Diggs trade front. On scorenorth.com, Kyler, you have a piece from earlier today. 40 affordable free agent targets for the Vikings. Give us a few of your favorites, a few of the more realistic, and some of this probably depends on what do they decide to do with Anthony Harris. Yes. And there's there's so many. This is this is such a difficult chessboard for the Vikings. There's so many different moving pieces. But who are some of the potential values a team like the Vikings with basically no cap space could improve their team with? Explain to our audience. Okay, so I'll read them slowly, one by one. Uh, all 40. <laughs> Spell out every name, please. Yes. <laughs> all right. Well, it really does depend on Anthony Harris, because my top guy is Trey Boston, who's basically a poor man's Anthony Harris. He's a good ball hawk, kind of a center field type of guy, um, who has bounced around but always been good. So we'll see what happens there. If they trade Anthony Harris, then Trey Boston might be an option. Uh, I really like the idea of Brashad Perryman, who was kind of a bust, but then last year with the Bucks started to develop as a legitimate deep threat for them, averaged almost 18 yards a catch. And like we said earlier, I mean, remember the Michael Floyd is going to be their deep threat conversation? Oh, yeah. Uh, so this guy might have a chance to actually be that and could be on the cheap, too. Um, you know, there's a lot of defensive linemen who are interesting to me. A couple of them signed today, like Shaq Lawson, got way more money than I thought he was going to. But somebody like Atron Robinson, he played for Detroit for the last few years. Yes. He's a he's a guy that's just massive and can stuff the middle and stop the run. He weighs about he's listed at three twenty two. It's probably bigger than that. Former Alabama guy. I mean, is there anything better than taking a former Alabama guy and stuffing him over the center? Football. Are you saying the zero technique? Yeah. The zero, Love the zero tech, tech, my friend. Yes, yes. he's but just he's just holding Pat a turkey Williams. leg the entire time. There's he's also Malik Malik Collins is a pass rushing defensive tackle yep. who was an absolute monster last year. Had 48 oh, QB Zim. pressures. Zim loves to hear yep. this right now. He's tuned in. And to put that in context, Everson Griffin had 66, and this guy was basically a part time rusher. So he was a complete beast for Dallas last year, and I haven't seen his name really come up anywhere. So there's quite a few of these guys who are out there, especially on the defensive line. As much as I respect Everson Griffin, and maybe at some point they put him up in the ring of honor, bringing him back is just hard to justify with a dozen defensive ends that could at least be rotational players. Afadi Adenimo gets seven sacks. I know they just lost Stephen Weatherly. He signed with Carolina. But even if you put somebody else in there and then potentially draft one to develop I think you could create a lot of pressure off that side and still have Daniil Hunter without having to pay Griffin a lot. And Griffin is better than all the guys on the market. So if you're another team that's desperate for pass rush, you're offering Everson Griffin 12 to $15 million. I don't think that's crazy. Football. Can I ask you guys a quick question off the topic of the Vikings, but very much on the National Football League topic? Hmm. What the hell is wrong with the Chicago Bears? I just see Schefter, what you're talking about. Schefter I mean, is what? reporting that they... I thought it was a fake Schefter. It's so hilarious. No, it's got the blue check mark because I thought the same thing. Jimmy Graham <laughs> is getting a two-year, $16 million deal, what? including $9 million guaranteed from the Bears. A tight end is who a, is, is it, a washed up as physically as Judd Zolgad now, just got this contract. Sometimes what happens is you guys ever try to send like an email or a tweet and you've got bad internet service and it just gets stuck in your outbox for like five or six years? <laughs> five or six years, yeah. Like that, I have had that, happen. that happens sometimes. So it's possible uh, this tweet was from 2013 and we don't know it. That seems like an odd way to spend your free What are they doing? Yeah. Well, you know, uh, if the Bears have reduced their interest in Teddy Bridgewater, maybe they did him a favor. Because yeah. Jimmy Graham is super shot. I thought nobody would sign him and his career would just be over. Or he'd be one of those guys that signs right before camp with some desperate team whose tight end snapped his leg off in training camp or something. To give him a two-year deal worth $9 million guaranteed and 16 total is bananas. But everything the Bears have done, basically since they built a great defense, has been pretty silly outside of getting Allen Robinson, who's a great player. But... Drafting Mitch Trubisky, even sticking with Mitch Trubisky through last year, I thought was a mistake. Mm -hmm. Uh, The kicking nonsense, expecting to have the great defense again last year. I mean, there are a lot of things 
um, that have been pretty questionable with the Bears. And if they trade for Andy Dalton or trade for Nick Foles, I'm sorry, I just can't put them in the category of a legitimate threat. And that's that is one thing about the Kirk Cousins deal and everything else we've talked about about this team's window and and, and so forth. The Lions just way overpaid a tackle. I'm not convinced they'll be any good. The uh, Packers are a 13-3 team that was not a 13-3 team last year. I don't think they were that good. Mm-hmm. Uh, they could definitely slip back. And then the Bears are just complete fools. So unless they get Bridgewater, I have a tough time seeing them be anything better than 8-8. Eight eight. So, yeah, you, you allude to the Bridgewater. The report came out from Pro Football Talk to the Bears are in negotiations. Not just like are interested. They, the, the word negotiations has been used here to describe uh, Bridgewater and the Chicago Bears, I don't know. I mean, when I think of Teddy, maybe I'm maybe I'm just being too cautious. But I think I think Teddy Bridgewater in just more of an indoor setting and or and or warm weather. I don't know. I mean, I don't picture him as the Bears starting quarterback. What do you guys make? You thought about that? I mean, he's definitely better than Mitch Trubisky. So I'm not saying it'd be a bad signing I'd for the Bears. To, but. I'd go to Tampa first personally, but he might be a good fit there. If I'm Teddy. I am waiting until Tom Brady signs, and then I sign with the team that Tom Brady didn't sign with. So if, say, Brady goes to Tampa, then hello, Patriots. If he goes back to the Patriots, then hello, Tampa, or hello, Los Angeles Chargers, where I I think he could be very good, and that team still has a lot of talent. I'm not sure I'd want to play in the same division as Patrick Mahomes, um, but there are a couple options for him that are better than the Chicago Bears, and that might be where... It fell through is that he wants to wait. Uh, I also think he'd be a perfect quarterback for the Bears. A great defense where you don't have the best weapons and you don't have the best coach, and you're going to have to grind your way to wins by, you know, making big plays on third down and keeping drives going and throwing quick short passes. All that stuff fits what Teddy did here in in 2015. Yep. And in a way, it's what he did last year because that offense was entirely designed for Drew Brees to throw short, quick passes and kind of game manage. And he won a couple of grind fests while he was there. That's kind of how the Bears want to win. But I think there's better situations for Bridgewater than that. Where is TB12 going to land now? Mm. I still think Patriots, but Tampa does make so much sense. Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, an offensive line that they've been building, a defense they've been building, a division that's not super scary. I don't think Atlanta's going to be good. You could see New Orleans taking a step back. They could easily win that division with good quarterback play. And to me, if Bruce Arians brings in Brady and shows him clips of their receivers from last year, I wonder if Brady, and the weather reports too, I think that Brady could be pretty enticed by that or Los Angeles where he has a home, but you know, I, I don't know. It, it's just hard to see him wearing any other jersey than New England. But how about that if Teddy Bridgewater ended up as the New England Patriots quarterback? I think it'd be a great that would be, be perfect it, it for would, him. It, it feels like Belichick. Yeah, it feels like it would be a great fit all around. I think it'd be obviously the, be the best landing spot for Teddy on the Brady front. Here's what I would do if I were Tom Brady, and I told I told this through uh, the internet universe to LeBron James. He did not listen to me last time around. I would just spend, if Tom Brady, I don't know if he has one year left or four years left, he's a cyborg who looks like he's 23 years old now, so we have no idea. I would just be a one-year assassin, mercenary. Jump from team to team? Team to team, and I would try to stockpile titles. So what's your team next year? Um, or, or this year? Of the say. teams that are available, I mean, I think Kyler kind of nailed it in terms of Tampa Bay has a, an, an easier path through their division, but okay. I think the Chargers probably have a better roster. Uh, but they have to play in a tougher division in Pat Mahomes. I would, I would honestly lean toward Chargers if we're not going to go back to to New England. I would lean toward Chargers, and then I would be open for business again in 2021. Like, listen, I'm gonna, I'm gonna play four more years, and I'm just looking four for teams. Yeah, four great rosters. Clear out your cap space in advance. Uh, ideally, warm weather because I just spent 20 years in New England and played in blustery conditions. Warm weather, decent defense, and don't get me killed because I can't. Year really four. Year four, the best. The Vikings would be on that list, by the way. No, last year, when, when this team gets decent, the Dolphins and haunt the Patriots for year four. <laughs> That'd be hilarious. Just actually. go to, so because the Dolphins stink right now, right? Well, the Jets would be even more hilarious. But. Right, but in, yeah, but that's cold. It is. In three or four years, you become a Dolphin. <laughs> and Belichick's like 70. He's like, I'm going to beat you, Tom Brady. You're like, no, you're not. I could totally see the Dolphins being good next year, by the way. Could mm-hmm. you? 
I could. Well, it depends. I mean, they're going to bring back Fitzpatrick. But exactly. They're also going to give Josh Rosen a shot with an actual team, I think. So they're spending money already. So you're still you're buying Josh up. Rosen stocks. So would you? Are we, <laughs> semi. Okay. Semi. Let's. let's I mean, hey, Collar. How how about this? One more year of tanking, but do it right this time for Trevor. I think they're going to be too good. If they won five games last year with that horrible team, they might have too good of a coach. And Fitzpatrick will always do that. But either give Josh Rosen a shot or draft Tua. Trade up and draft Tua, and then he steps in and. They, they might be decent if he wins the starting job right away. I'm not saying they're going to win the Super Bowl, but I wouldn't be surprised if we were sitting here going, huh, look at that, Miami's 8-8 eight and eight or something at the end of next year because it seems to me that they may have found the one guy who could actually coach from the Belichick tree in Brian Flores, and they also just got a great cornerback in Byron Jones. So if they build up their offensive line a little with all this money, they could be a mildly interesting team to pay attention to. Well, listen, gents, we got about 60 seconds left here in our Score North Vikings free agency special, and we'll probably do a couple more of these throughout the week. We're just going to kind of sort of gauge uh, what happens here. But, Collar, in our last minute or so, what is, from this, now that Kirk Cousins is signed and Anthony Harris has been franchise tagged and they've made a couple other moves, you know, C.J. Ham and they brought Colquitt back on a three-year deal, what are you most interested to monitor here over the next couple days until the actual signing period opens on Wednesday? I think we need to get Manny in here to make a voicer of trade watch with his big giant voice because that's what I'm looking out for here. What are they doing with Riley Reef? Is the Stefan Diggs thing real or just him being weird online? Uh, could they trade someone like Anthony Harris or could they extend him or could they trade you know Harrison Smith or there, there's all these different so options. reckless so I know. reckless there's all these different options for them but the you re- want reckless speculation how about <laughs> reckless trade speculation the sounder for everything <laughs> that's what I'm looking for we're gonna be super reckless over the next few days because I they have no cap space at the moment and they got to make some more if they want any players yep all right that's Matthew Collar Judd Zolgad Phil Mackey and you can find us back in action tomorrow. Vent line starting at 11 o'clock. Score North Live at noon. Purple Daily, 2 o'clock. Mackie and Jeb with Rami. And we'll keep you updated on big coronavirus-related updates. Uh, but mostly, we're just going to be recklessly speculating on Vikings free agency right here on Score North, Minnesota Sports, anytime, anywhere. Download the app. It's free. And uh, if you're passing the time at home, you can also turn your Alexa device into a radio. You just have to say, Alexa, open Score North. Have a good night, everyone. This holiday, whether you're making a Baker's Simple Truth Turkey for 40 or a Murray's Baked Brie for two, Baker's has fast, fresh delivery and free pickup so you can make holiday meals that bring you all together to create memories that last. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Free pickup on orders of $35 or more. Restrictions may apply. Get more ways to save at the buy five or more, save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Baker's, fresh for everyone. At the Home Depot, we have the tools for you to give the gift of a smarter home with savings on top brands like the Google Hub, a command center for your smart devices that raises the IQ of your entire home, or the Nest Learning Thermostat that helps you conserve energy and save on your bill. And if you don't know what to get, gift cards are a smart gift no matter what they get. So this year, gift smarter with savings on tools to make your holiday magic. The Home Depot, how doers get more done.